Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, geez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood. Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Saliba is coming back uh, next season. How big is your erection? When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Claps, claps, claps. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the We've Got the Ball. We've Got the Ball. We've lost the ball. We've got the ball. We've lost the ball. We've got the ball. I'll stop. Uh, a different knock and Arsenal podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bramley Apples. Hello, friend. It has been a while, Brad. It has. It's been too long. We've had a little summer break. Did you enjoy it? It was lovely. It was lovely, yeah. actually. Yeah. What did you do? Anything nice? Uh, I did about eight hours of manual labor building a gazebo in uh, in in a day, building a gazebo for my mother, and like moving paving slabs around. Um. Why? Because she wanted a gazebo. So she bought a gazebo. No, don't, and then... no, there's a context to this. Don't, because she wanted a gazebo. What, there's no more to it. What, what do you mean? She just wanted a gazebo built. Well, that was she, it. For no, she, for no yeah, purpose. As in like she, that's it. No, as in she just wanted a gazebo in the back garden. She wanted a gazebo. There's no, Alex, there's no more context than that. And there's nothing in the gazebo. She just wanted a gazebo. There's like furniture in the gazebo. So she could sit in the garden in the gazebo. But that's it. You know, when you say a word so many times, it starts to lose sense. Gazebo. Yeah. Gazebo. gazebo. What what a weird word that is. Gazebo. 
gazebo. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, I hope you are doing well. Um, we are not too far off the transfer window opening. So Bradley and I thought, what better than to do a window preview where we look at the window and say, that is a window. That's a nice window. Is there a window in the gazebo? Is there a is there a sort of slot you can look through? It's uh, it's like a... I think it's, it's like a polyethylene roof. Polyethylene. So like, it's like plastic, but like it like cuts out like UV rays. So like you can see up and out at the sky, but other than that, I don't know. Polyethylene. Polyethylene I, sounds I, like it's in toothpaste. Are you Googling it? I'm Googling it. Google polyethylene and see if I've got that right. It's got, it's like... It's resin. It's just resin. It's resin. It's resin. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Yes. What we're going to do is we're going to have a look at Arsenal's window uh, from a sort of wider perspective at the first half of the uh, half of the show, and then start to look a little bit more. Here's my favourite word, Brad. Granularly in the second half of the show, because um, we thought it's a good time. The window opens on the 10th of June. Uh, there's been lots of sort of rumours starting to uh, pop up, uh, but I feel like it's a good time right now to have a think, have a a real assessment of what we're expecting, what we feel, uh, what we feel is necessary, what we think is appropriate, what our expectations are, um, and set them out. Because I, I'm, I think we have a big opportunity next season with the five subs, and that's kind of the first thing I wanted to talk about. I, I tweeted something out uh, yesterday about this, and I'd love to get your take on it. The five subs rule coming in next season is huge, and I honestly, I don't think it's being talked about quite enough for how big it could be. I think what it might do is it might change the way teams set up quite significantly. I think having the awareness that, you know, if you think about it at the moment, you probably only make really two subs or two changes to 10 outfield players because in 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 terms of a plan or a sort of, okay, well, we can probably change two things tactically and technically in terms of the personnel because probably we want to keep one behind for a, an injury, we probably want to keep one behind just in case we need to take someone off, you know, late, someone's flagging or whatever. So probably maybe, you know, sort of two really and, you know, just about three. That is almost, if anything, you know, it's increasing it, but certainly by two, but almost 100% of your substitutes are being increased next season. Um, And I think it's, it might mean that clubs press more. I basically think will happen. I think we'll see PPDA, uh, passes per defensive action go down. I think it will mean that clubs like Brentford, Brighton, Palace, those games could be even more Brighton-y, Brentford-y and Palace-y, if that makes sense, as in they might come for us even more, knowing they can take those players off a little bit later. And I think it might be informing the links we're seeing so far. And I mean that with Jesus, who's obviously been uh, described as the best pressing forward in the world, I think, by Guardiola and Tite. And also Tielemans, who isn't massively uh, pressy, but he keeps the ball really well in high areas. Um, I think he's got the most amount of ball, uh, second most amount of ball recoveries. Maybe I think that was for last season, but he had a, had a decent season again this year. Uh, recovers well and has a lot of touches in the final third, um, if you look at the stats. So... I think there may be an opportunity for us here to take advantage of that. Say we set up in certain games with Martinelli and Katia and Jesus, Jesus out on the right, that could be a way of blitzing certain teams who don't have the technical quality to hold it when they press. Um, they come forward in kind of waves in the way that I remember 
actually first game of the season, I remember Brentford just wave after wave after wave, it felt like. Being able to push those teams back, I think we have an opportunity and that might be informing the transfer, um, the stuff, the rumours that are coming out and the, the targets that we go for. Um, anything you can make sense of out of that long ramble? Yes, um, a couple of things. I think that I disagree with you. I don't think every, I don't think this is going to in, increase every team's pressing. I think it will definitely increase certain teams press because, you know, a lot, a lot of defensive structure come coming from kind of the bottom half of the table tends to be, to be compact and to be solid. And I don't think we'll immediate, immediately see teams who don't have the required technical quality to play through the lines after, you know, moments of pressing and, and regaining the ball. I, I don't, I don't think we'll see them doing that, especially against top teams. You know, if, you, if you're trying to do that against an Arsenal, against the City, a Liverpool, a Chelsea, they'll play it through you and they'll play it around you. And that's exactly why Leeds got absolutely spanked about at so many points by so many big teams. Because if you have the players to do it, playing round and through a press that isn't the best press in the world is very achievable. So I don't think we'll see it have that much of an impact on pressing kind of further down the table. But what I think it will do is I think that for me, I see a lot of teams starting to try and nick games more because if you can nick a one nil and then bring on three more defenders or defensive minded players, it, it, it five substitutes is going to change the, the ecos and like the space of football in general, because there's going to be so many different ways that you can utilize that. And I think it's almost unhelpful to make predictions because every team is going to have a, a completely different, take from it they're going to have they're going to use it in completely unique uh, and opportunistic ways for Arsenal though I, I I do find it no surprise that we're buying players who can press in Jesus you know I don't think it was a surprise that after Aubameyang left I think our pressing numbers especially from the front fell off quite a lot because he was you know learning how to to press quite effectively and was doing an okay job and that that has definitely been something that we've missed is, you know, and why Eddie Nketiah at points looked good was having that front foot presser in that forward line um, is, is, is super, super helpful. The five subs rule, my, I mean, me and you have had conversations, but behind the pod about it, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan. I think that it allows for far too much change, and the fact that you could literally change fifty percent of your outfield opportunity, uh, your f- outfield players, and the opportunities to do that can massively favour teams who have the financial resources to have a lot of top quality players on the on the bench. But yeah. the same yardstick, if you go one nil down to to if Burnley was still in the league and you went one nil down to Burnley and they could bring on another four massive lumpy center backs and just camp in their box, it's going to make things difficult in that way too. So yeah. it's, it's going to be so dependent on each team on, on, in regards to uh, Tielemans as well. I don't think that that's a surprise, especially when we see the the role that Jacques has been taking up kind of the back end of this year. I've stopped thinking about this team in, in like a four, two, three, one, and it definitely feels like more of a four, three, three with two eights. And I think that Tielemans will be the person in that Jacques role on that left-hand side. 
Um, he's a bit more athletic, I think. And whilst he doesn't, you know, he's not exactly the the most gargantuan presser, doesn't have the most solid defensive numbers. Arsenal, especially next season, we're hoping will be much more of a front-footed team dominating more of the ball against more opposition. So having players who are comfortable in possession, who can find people who can create those opportunities is is more important. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of possible implications of, of five subs. You could do a whole podcast about it. I mean, it, of course, um, you could argue it, it completely favours the top teams. I don't really think about that. But but again, it's it's a whole kind of uh, can of worms. I also do think one of those implications will be that teams press more. That, that is, I'm going to stick by that. And I think that is informing what we do. But actually, I think it brilliantly leads us on to what we need to do in general. Because... I think football more and more and will because of the five subs rule is becoming a squad game. It really is. And 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 I think the kind of yesteryear of dream 11s and, you know, creating that sort of that sort of perfect first 11, the perfect balance, it just isn't going to happen anymore. It never really happened in terms of, you know, injuries and, and that sort of stuff. But I think fans are even themselves, it's kind of coming into the lexicon of, of fans that I see, recognising that there needs to be a first 15 first 14 and I think we'll probably push up to first 17 18 from from now on um especially at the top club so we need to look at that Arteta spoke about um he wanted 25 players basically which you know including three goalkeepers is 22 22 uh, outfield players so we're looking at that and I think that massively informs us going into the window um not only because of the five sub rule but because of how how we need to move forward and how, you know, as I, I get bored of saying it, but if we want to be a top team, we have to act like a top team. And they're not getting just one player of, of any quality in, in certain positions. And I think we can be smart about that. And we'll come on to that in terms of players who can cover multiple positions, in terms of players who um, have potential to grow into certain certain roles and certain zones on the pitch. Um, but yeah, let's, let's start talking about some individuals because I think that's probably a good place to start um, before we do a sort of, group recce at the end and maybe try and get that 22 there's been a couple of links serious links um the only one on Serge Gnabry is on my list would I say it's been a serious um no it's a fantasy dream that by Arsenal fans it's not yeah. it's not gonna happen I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe that off let's let's yeah I think let's basically say that isn't gonna happen I think he is he's certainly a level raiser and I think that sort of that sort of signing is something I, I I'm really interested in this summer. But I think that could happen with a Jesus. And I think Arsenal basically, if we hadn't have if if Gnabry started at I don't know QPR and then became the player who he is, I don't think we'd have the same sort of affinity with him. I think it's because he's a kind of Arsenal boy, and we we felt like we slightly missed out on him uh, that the kind of fantasies occur. I think he is a level raiser, and I think he would massively improve us. Obviously because so would Messi. But I think, um, not saying he's as good as Messi, but, you know, just players of a better quality are going to improve you. It's pretty pretty basic. But I I think it's almost not worth talking about because I, I just think it is such a, a fantasy. Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen this summer because the wages Clipped are up, unbelievably big. And, uh, you know, he's coming from Champions League challengers in, in Bayern Munich, you know, a team that only a few seasons ago won the competition. I think that, that that that's probably a move maybe on a free next summer if we get into the Champions League. But I don't see why, for example, if Mane's going to Bayern, 
why Liverpool wouldn't go for Gnabry to replace him. Or a big, uh, not a bigger club, but like somebody who currently has a bigger stature within the game than than we do. We can't offer him Champions League football and he's already asking for £300,000 a week. So how much more are we going to have to give him to accept the possibility of not playing Champions League football? You know, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and I think I think with the amount of possible movement in forward areas at the top clubs this summer, there's got to be a space for Nabry somewhere. Um, it's interesting, actually, looking at that. Um, I always think it's an interesting, interesting perspective to, to take on things of where players could go. Like, for example, uh, Scamacca, someone made the point earlier, Scamacca, Scamacca, I can't remember who it mm. was, but someone made the point in Italy, if Tammy Abraham stays, AC Milan just got Origi, um, Juventus have Lahovic, uh, Inter... I can't remember if there's some reason why he couldn't go to... Oh, uh, Lukaku's going back there. So, you, you know, it's interesting if to look at where back. players... Yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, it's interesting yeah. to look at where players might go. And I think Gnabry has a lot and lots of options. Um, so, yeah, let's let's consign that one to the, uh, to the shelf. Something um, more concrete uh, is, of course, the Jesus links. I really like the player. I like the look of him. I think, as I say, I think he he could be a kind of ahead of the curve type signing in terms of the five subs. Um, I love his adaptability. I, I think we need to find a way of um, of finding different options out there on the right for Saka um, and not compromising on quality. And I think Jesus could be that. I quibble over the price, but at the same time, I'm looking around Europe and I'm going, where's the good deal? <laughs> Where is the the cut price? Um, you know, where is the Erdegaard for thirty million pound deal? And I don't see it. I don't see it. That doesn't mean it's not out there. It just means I don't see it. In that age it. range, with yeah. that Premier League experience, yeah, I don't. I, just, I don't yeah. think there is a. And what 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 fee are we talking about? Fifty million pounds. It's 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 a large amount of money. It's not an obscene amount of money for a twenty five year old who's spent what six years. Uh, under the tutelage of one of the best managers has worked with our manager before isn't going to take a lot of time to adjust physically knows what to expect in this league it's 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 it is the perfect transfer for arsenal this summer because he does everything as a forward that we would want him to do he covers a lot of positions and he's he's you know shake and bake ready made you you always run the risk, you know, and there's, there's already talk and we'll probably come on to Scamacher later of, of us being interested in him to the tune of about £35 million. And you're thinking for an extra £15 million, you get a player two to three years older who spent six years under Pep and six years, five, I think it's six years in, under Pep and then and six years in the Premier League, five, six years in the Premier League. I, I don't see why you wouldn't, given that scenario, fork out the extra 15 million quid and obviously we would want um you know he's only got a year left on his contract and we're going is that worth the money you run the risk of losing him to somebody else if you if you wait you dilly dally sometimes unfortunately you just have to pay the premium and i think 45 ish million pounds is a good fee for someone of that requisite quality. I'd look at other deals elsewhere and go if they had 2 3 years left on on their deal we'd be looking at 70, 80, especially because the striker market is so bare. It's not like there is a wealth of quality. People are talking about 80 million euros for Darwin Nunes, who's had one good season in the Portuguese league. That's a lot of money for a 22-year-old who doesn't know the league physically, who is still very raw. 
So £45 million for a ready-made Premier League striker, I think, is is an easy deal. And this is one I think should be... I mean, I don't know when the window opens. Is it tomorrow on the 6th? This is one that I think that Arsenal should have had and should have tied up come day one of the window because he suits what we want to do as well. I don't see why we're being picky about this. He's the one of the perfect profiles for what we want to achieve. He seemingly wants to come and is available for a decent price. I think it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah, on the timing of it, like... If we're leaving it to like first game of the season type stuff, no, not for me. But but if we're negotiating a better deal for ourselves, I don't mind if it takes a couple of weeks into the window. It's not the end of the world. Um, but I do think I, I prefer us to get our business done earlier, obviously. But but if we are negotiating ourselves a better deal, fine. But um, yeah, I there's I, just going to be a lot of clubs looking for. I, it worries me because there are going to be a lot of clubs looking for centre forwards this season. You know, United are going to be looking for one. Tottenham are probably going to be looking for one, though you know, he's not going to go play back up to Kane. Um, I could see Liverpool being interested. They need a forward who's who's positionally versatile. Um, you know, Bayern Munich, if they lose Lewandowski. There, there are a lot of clubs that are going to be in the market for a centre forward. And we always, if we don't get these deals tied up, run the risk of if Bayern Munich, for example, lose Lewandowski and don't get their first choice target, they swoop in, you know, so. Agree. Because it's an attractive proposition. This is one that I feel that we can't allow to keep ticking on and on and on for the sake of five to 10 million pounds. We've just shaved like 1.8 million pounds a week off our wage bill. We've put ourselves in a fantastic financial situation. It's, we shouldn't be this this is this, I, I understand with some signings this isn't a signing we should penny pinch over five to ten million pounds on because this is a player we run the risk of losing for wasting time penny pinching five to ten million pounds on I agree if we're leaving it to the end of the window i just i just my point was only that you know if it takes a couple of weeks into the window I, it's not the end of the world um and again we're <laughs> we're doing guesswork we, we really don't know what those negotiations yeah, are so, but I, I do and agree. it could that be announced a, literally tomorrow. Exactly. If the window opens like. Well, yeah, who knows? But um, I mean, it opens on the 10th. So I, I imagine not, nothing until then. But, oh, I thought but yeah, the, there's a line obviously where it becomes like, come on guys, just, just pay up because we need him in. We need him training. We need him preseason. We need, we just need that kind of that boost and that security and the players do and everyone around the club does. But I also think. Yeah, they're, they're, if it's a couple of weeks in, that's that's sort of fine. And it's interesting, actually, kind of s- sequencing what we do because I'm never quite sure whether sequencing matters that much. I think people get quite, uh, what's the word, het up about, oh, we need a centre forward, you know, we need a centre forward and we need this player. Let's get them in day one, minute one of the transfer window, and then we can worry about other stuff. And I'm like, well, if the deals, if the deals, the, the players that we want are going to take some time, like Erdegaard, clearly we had to wait for him and we got him in the end. So I don't know. I, I I'm much more willing to sort of play the market a bit more. It's the riskier strategy, but I think sometimes it can it can benefit you if you're if you're prepared, which it sounds like we are. Um, Zinchenko is probably uh, we've discussed Telemans a little bit. Zinchenko is probably the only one we haven't really discussed as a sort of pretty solid link. Really like the sound of him. I think I am of the opinion that Tavares is a really interesting player. I think his profile is really special, but I do think he needs a year out of the Premier League spotlight, to be honest. I think that would really benefit him. 
playing regularly at even, you know, for example, say a Marseille or someone like that, you know, why not keep these these links with these clubs alive? Um, they do need a left back. Apparently, they fucking hate Glasenac, according to reports. Um, so, you know, I'm interested in, in doing that. And then at what point do you, then what do you do with uh, the left back replacement? Um, Zin- Zinchenko is of equal, I would say, better quality than Tierney, um, can also play in the midfield. Um, I... You're two-footed in terms of what, not crazily two-footed, but can can invert in the way that Arteta likes. It makes so much sense as a deal. I think this is something. Actually, all of, basically all of the deals we discussed so far, and the sort of ones on everyone's lips. You know, the sort of the 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 these types of ones, the Tielemans, the the Jesus's ones. They sound right. Do you know what I mean? They make sense. You can picture them playing it in their heads. You can go, oh, okay, I know, t- well, I know what t- what zones Tielemans sits in. I've seen Jesus. I can I can imagine him linking up with those players. You sort of see it in your head. You picture it in your head, um, and it's not so simple as you know. You can picture them in an Arsenal shirt, you know, because who cares? But you can see how they would fit into what we're trying to do pretty easily. Yeah. And Zinchenko is just he's a, he's a glove, mate. He's an absolute. He he is a glove. He, if you if you look at him, he is an actual rubber glove. Um, but he, uh, yeah, I just it makes so much sense to me, and the fact that he is positionally versatile, I think, is a really beneficial thing because for, I think for for a club like Arsenal where a Man City can have basically 20 world-class players I think we can probably have about 15 to keep happy so a couple of those will have to be positionally versatile in other places um, in terms of our wage structure right and now sort of stuff. yeah so yeah 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 but I think I think players who can play in different positions is really useful for us uh, yeah I don't know if he's better than Tierney in the sense of I just think they have different qualities it's my tiny agenda. Um, but but as in he, I think he probably better suits what we're going to want. He, he for me, is a left back who can cover central midfield, though. And I think that's going to be the sticking point is if he wants to play in central midfield. I feel like he. There are better players we could bring in to play central midfield. So I don't mind it if he's coming in to challenge Tierney at left back to play left back occasionally, you know, to rotate with Tierney, to battle it out, whatever, and then occasionally step into the midfield. Great. But um, that, that, that's the thing. If it's, he's coming into play central midfield, I'd rather buy central midfielders. You know, people who've been playing that, like people who've been playing that position more regularly, more often, in their club football, but I, I, I don't have any qualms with his skill set. He's a technically beautiful player. I've watched him in both of his last two games for the Ukraine. And some of the stuff that he does with the ball is, is magnificent at points. It was a lovely little cheeky lofted ball over to kind of create um, a cutback opportunity, which just didn't quite come off for the Ukraine. And, and I, I think he's great. It will just be a question of, if we can keep him happy rotating with Tierney and occasionally stepping into the midfield, amazing. If we can't, it becomes a question of upsetting the apple cart because I we, we've done so much good work in, in creating a harmonious situation. I don't want us to unbalance it, but I want as much quality as we can get. So bring him in and if he usurps Tierney and we sell Tierney in 12 months, great, fine. If it doesn't work, so be it. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a huge fee to get it done. 
I'm telling you, mate, I know I bang this drum a lot, but I think if Zinchenko signed, Tierney's out of the game. Honestly, I and, and do you know why I think that as well? It's because I'm hearing nothing about a right back and we're getting Saliba back, which we'll discuss in a second. I think, you know, who who who, who have we got a right back that, that Arteta wants there? It's Tomiyasu. And he's a more of a sort of Saliba-y Ben White analogue than he is a, say, a Brook Norton Coffey or a, or a Cedric. You know, I think that's probably what he normally would want a right back um, in most situations. So I think he is relying on that kind of lopsided system and he is wanting a left-sided player to 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 do that. And I think Zinchenko just gives us more options than Tierney, but I will not bang that drum on this on this podcast because uh, we could be here a while. Um, Saliba, things that we know are definitely happening. Saliba is coming back uh, next season. How big is your erection? And it's it's unbelievable. I, I mate, I honestly like. I've watched Marseille for a couple of games this season, Go just on, out of interest. Say it. Say it. Uh, I'm say not going to say it, um, <laughs> but I I I do think he has the minerals to be one of the best centre backs in the world. And I know you love to do your if he was called blah 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 from Kazakhstan, would he be as you know popularized? I don't care. If you look at the raw ability and the talent that he has, he's he's unbelievable. And I, I, I saw this stat on Twitter and I had to to save it to to read it to you. And it's William Saliba's 2,834 completed passes in 21-22 is the most on record since 2006-7 in a League One season. He also ranked top for possession one, progressive carries and successful dribbles among centre-backs in the top flight last term. And the completed passes isn't just amongst defenders. That's midfielders, attackers. He's above the likes of Thiago Motta, Marco Verratti. In like the boy is an, an unbelievably special talent and it's, it is a massive coup to be bringing him back in as a homegrown prospect. If we were to sign a player of that quality this summer, after the season he's had, he's costing 50, 60 million pounds. So we now just need to tie him down to a long-term contract, another five-year deal, up his wages and let the three centre-backs battle it out. And whoever wins out, wins out and whatever will be, will be. But I, I don't. I think it's unquestionable the amount of talent that the boy has, and it's really great management that we've managed to get him. You know, such an amazing loan spell, and we've <gasps> got him coming back to us now, ready made. If he signs the new deal and you doesn't fuck off, if in you could have heard yourself last summer, mate. If you could have heard yourself. <laughs> Well, um, I still think the con- the concerns that I had last summer were valid. For example, if we'd have just kept him and spent the 50 mil from Ben White on a centre forward, I think we'd back top four. But if my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. Let's just move on with life and and yeah, yeah. look towards the new... Se- Do you know what I mean? I still think the concerns were, were, were correct, but there's no point discussing them because 12 yeah. months have passed. Yeah, you, you could go into, well, what if you played in the North London derby? And you, it's just like, well, if my grandmother. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what if we still had Cesc Fabregas? Like, he didn't. It's just like, we, di- we oh, didn't well. have him. We don't have Van Persie anymore. That's not what, that's not what happened. Um, yeah, look, it, loan deal worked out. Credit to them. Um, and credit to Saliba. Look, I, I know, I... I have no doubt that he is a very good defender. How good he could be, I don't know. Um, and it's and it's really exciting. I, I see this as nothing but a positive. I, you know, I saw a lot of people going like, oh, "Why is he coming? You know, three years, we've messed this up." But I'm like, how is a homegrown 
central defender coming in to be part of our defensive group, anything other than a positive, who looks like one of the best young defenders in Europe. How how have you made this a negative? I don't understand. <laughs> it's a skill. I watched um I watched Lee Gunner yesterday. And I sent you the link, right? Oh God. It is it genuinely is a skill to be that negative all the time. I, I don't understand it. It's like it's like the most the most it's negative possible angle on everything everything that ever happens. It's a performance. These 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 people are just performing. And you can tell by the way that they consistently, you know, they'll fix their hair in the camera lens or their you know, there's, they'll just do stupid, like, it's, it's just a performance because they pick on stories that you know aren't true. Alvaro Morata has been linked to the club by one outlet because we were remotely slightly interested in him in January. So they pick up that news story and run with it. And, and then, and, and it's because it gets views, it gets clicks. It's the same reason that, that newspapers do it and it's it's just pathetic honestly he's 40 years old get a life mate fuck me did you see the bit where he was like i'm 40 tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) he was like he was proper sad about it he could tell but he was like i'm totally fine though i just had a crazy night last night um yeah no it's good though (laughs) on the stella on the stella um thoughts on signing lee gunner for center mid Nah, nah, he's, it's, his legs are gone, mate. His legs are gone. <laughs> he's worn out. Uh, speaking of worn out players, last little bit before um, we go to the break and we do our, our Groups 22 building, um, Lacazette leaving, confirmed. Uh, look, good news. Good news, we're moving past that era. He was always a sort of player being asked to do a job that he could only really do half of. Um, I watched some clips from him from 2017. He just looks so much more lean, so much more agile. Um, it just it, look. I think I think he'll go down as a really loved player at Arsenal. And I think in like three or four years, we'll all go, "Ah, oh, Lacazette was pretty good. We had some good times with Lacazette." I just think he was never the guy. And also, I think there's a a sort of opportunity cost as well. Abraham didn't come in last summer because of Lacazette. There's probably hundreds of strikers that we were linked to that Lacazette we we just couldn't we couldn't shift Lacazette so we couldn't get them in. So you know, seems like a really nice guy. People clearly really liked him, but we just didn't shift him. We had an offer yeah. on the table from Roma a couple of seasons ago. We just didn't do it, which was which is a shame. It may have been about getting a replacement. He's he's irrelevant for any irrelevant for any of the kind of opportunity costs and whatever because that that again is very much if my grandmother had wheels and i can't be asked with that anymore um he is a player that really did not live up to expectations and was a real disappointment but also i think was just quite a good professional at points and did a lot for the club this season leading these young lads through and whilst okay, he I don't think he ever covered himself in glory during his time at the club. It some like sometimes the transfers just don't work, and it's a shame that it it happened to one that cost us a lot of money, and he was on a lot of money, but it hasn't ended poorly. It's ended quite amicably. We can delve into the fact that. Each one of his goals, if you compare it to his transfer fee, cost Arsenal like £750,000 per goal. Jeez. But 
just let's just move on with it. Yeah, like, let's, just, let's just move on. He was a lovely guy and somebody I really, I really wished, I really wanted him to be like the next Henri or, you know, Ian Wright. I really thought he was going to be amazing for us. And I was gagging for him when he came in. I thought he was going to be so good. And it, it's just, you know, it just happens and it's shit. But. Isn't that the first time we like connected about Arsenal when that was that 2017 window where we signed him and we were in what were we first year? I'm pretty sure it was. It's like the first time we yeah. really talked about it, maybe. That's interesting. Yeah. Full circle, man. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I think I, I, I said at one point this season, because yeah, he signed in summer 2017. I said at one point this season, if Lacazette gets his top four, and stays in the team and gets us a top four, he'll go down as a bigger legend than Aubameyang. He doesn't, but had he done that this season, stayed in the team, got us top four, I think most Arsenal fans remember him as a bigger, slightly bigger Arsenal legend than Aubameyang. I think even if Eddie had come in for him and we'd beaten Newcastle and got the top four, I still think, I think that Wolves moment goes down as one of the best Arsenal. Arsenal have not had a lot of good moments in the last five years. Yeah, especially at the Emirates. Since dropping out of the Champions League. Yeah, and there's been a lot of fractious relationships with the fans. And that Wolves moment is one of the biggest kind of unifying things I've seen from from our fan base in a long, long time. And I think that if we had got top four, we would look back at that goal and that moment as one of the real deciding factors of it. And he would go down in folklore way more than Aubameyang because we've won 14 FA Cups, mm-hmm. you know? But you know what, Brad? His... his it didn't happen if my grandmother (laughs) Uh, we'll see you after this okay second half of the show we are going to create our group of 25 Arteta if you ask what I want it's 22 outfield players and 3 goalkeepers so Arteta is saying he wants basically 25 players in his squad we're going to try and build that squad and see how we do Um, are you ready Bradley I have Yes, I have a list of players that I th- like that I'm pretty sure are going to be here. Yeah. So okay. would you, shall I well, let's, read those out and we build around that? Yeah, let's do let's do it by group. So we've got the goalkeeping group. I'm going to keep track of this as well. The goalkeeping group, I think, is basically it's pretty evident. It's pretty self-evident. It's, it's going to be Ramsdale, Turner, and, uh, and Hine and Carl Hine. We presume Leno will go out. I think if. I mean, I can't see it not happening. If he doesn't, I imagine Leno will just be third choice because what are we going to do at that point? Aaron Turner's coming in, Ramsdale's going nowhere, and then Hein will probably just go out on loan. I think Leno will have to go, basically. I, I think he's not going to take being... Oh, yeah, he's definitely going. He's not going to take being in a, in a situation with um, Ramsdale and Turner in front of him. So I, I just can't see him staying around. Fair, we would have the best third-choice keeper in the league if that happened. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah God. who knows? Uh, let's look at the defensive group then. So we've got three in the goalkeeping group, as, as said. We want the defensive group. Saliba is back. Um, White is going to be there. Gabriel is going to be there. Uh, Tomiyasu, we presume, will be there. Uh, Tierney will be there. Um, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave Tavares just slightly out for now because he might be one of those players we 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 don't keep around. Holding. Um, are we making? I think we're making what we want. So I'm gonna leave Cedric out. Um, so we've got Saliba, White, Gabriel, Tommy Asutini holding. I think there is also question marks over centuries. Yeah, well, no, no, definitely. But I, basically, we've got the six of Saliba, White, Gabriel, Tommy Asutini, and holding, and then we've got Cedric and Tavares on the fringes of that, who could make it eight. 
but I think in our kind of dream group, probably won't be there. The midfield group consists of Odegaard, Partey, Will be Elneny, Sam, Sambi, Sambi, Jacka, Jacka again. I'm going to put on the outskirts just in case we can have a discussion around him. I think Odegaard, Partey, Elneny, and Sambi are going to be there. Um, I'm going to put Emil Smith Rowe in that group. That's exactly what I've done as well. Yeah, I have a hunch he's going to be an interior next season. I think he might be coming in a lot more for Erdegaard in the interior. I think he still will play out on the left, but I think with more players in the forward line, I think Smithrow might be coming in more interior. So that's Erdegaard, Party, and then Sambi and Smithrow in the midfield. That's five for three midfield positions um, and Xhaka on the outside. And finally, the attacking or the forward group, Saka, uh, Martinelli and Ketia. I would also put Enketi on the outside. Mm, I think because I, 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 there is still fit like twenty percent of me that I genuinely think that, that, that I don't see why it hasn't been done yet. So there is twenty percent of me that still thinks that this hundred hundred grand a week contract offer is for tribunal purposes because all of these things, where if especially if he goes to a Crystal Palace or to a West Ham. All of these considerations, contracts offered, wages offered, comes into the tribunal fee that the club will get for him leaving to another um, English club. So I, I think put him on the outskirts for now. Okay. But he is one that will come in, I okay. think. That leaves us with 16 players and with the three who are dead certs and with the three goalkeeping, the goalkeeping group, that is 13 players. <laughs> So that's a lot. That's nine to come in. That's nine to come in. Let's start with the attacking group. I'm going to put forward in Ketir for my attacking group because I've thought about the situation quite a bit and I've been through a couple of cycles. I've been through, yep, like it, don't mind it. I've been then to, I don't know, I'm thinking it's a bit of a sort of cop-out move. I kind of want to move on from him. It feels a little bit like, you know, what's the combination going to be here in terms of the, adding the qualities that we need to this group. And I'm now back at, if you look at the kind of cost of it over the course of the contract, I think we can get the aerial presence and the other qualities that we need in other ways. And I think Ketia, if you look at his numbers, is a really good all-round player knows the club, looks like he's about to explode. Apparently, he's one of the best trainers at the club. I'm I'm tempted to keep him around. So he would go into my attacking group. I, I've been thinking about Enketi, and I think there's an argument both for staying and for going. Um, if, for example, Arsenal brought in a, a tall, wide forward to give us their aerial presence, who could also shift into the middle with some sort of training... Uh, Arsenal would have what I think are the three main archetypes of a centre forward. The guy that you're going to sling balls in the box to, you know, a tall physical presence. You've got Gabby Jesus, the perfect guy to link, to kind of shuttle across that front line, pick up the ball at right wing, at left wing, facilitate and bring people into play. And you also have a very front footed presser in Enketia who can run off of the back of people. You know, you picture, when I, when I picture Jesus, I don't picture him running off of a high line, whereas I can see Eddie doing that. So I think keeping him gives us that third archetype. And also when you can consider 
we for £26 million over the cost of five years, but to bring in, say, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin or a, a Scamacha for 40 and then you're paying him the same wages, you're talking about paying £66 million across a five-year period, you could get those two profiles in for the same price rather than... Yeah, I, I think... I think I, I, there's there's the only reason that there's 20% of me that thinks it's all to do with tribunals is we're seeing more and more links to Scamacha and to more than one centre forward. Yeah. And I think there there is no smoke without fire sometimes. And this is a contract negotiation and, and renewal that could have been tied up a lot quicker if this was, you know, because his, his contract ends in 24 days. Mm-hmm. So there is still part of me that thinks that he will leave, but I would include him for now. I, yeah, I, I think I think we should include him. Do you know what's funny as well? We completely forgot about Pepe. I assume he'll go. I assume he'll go. I mean, sure. I mean, sure. Oh yeah, gone. I mean, surely. Um, yeah, I will add in Ketia. So here's what, I wrote this for the AFC Newsroom and I found it. I think, it, I think it's right. We've already got sort of creativity, pressing, ball carrying, progression in that sort of in Saka and Martinelli and 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 potentially a lot of goal threat in Martinelli and potentially, you know, just absolute stardom in, in Saka. I mean that that's basically what we got. I think we need to add an aerial threat to that front to that group. I think we need to add a physical presence to that front group. I think we need to add people who can put the ball in the back of the net frankly to that to that that group it's it's simple but it's 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 there i'd like to see some versatility and i'd like to see some someone who can press as well properly and someone who can come and drop deep so i'm not asking for much <laughs> but what i mean by that is i think there's two positions i think there's two there's two spaces isn't there well what what i'm what i'm going to say is i think there's a number of ways you can get there basically and I think on top of Saka Martinelli, and if you add on Enketia, I think we're going for five in that forward group. I think that's a good number to, to cover across three positions. And I think what you do is you go and get Gabby Jesus, who is, who is really well-rounded, can drop, can do all those things, can press. Basically, the only real concern might be his his um, his kind of physical presence. He is only, I think he's like 5'7 or something. He's, he's really quite small. Um, five foot nine, I think. Okay, well, he's a big five seven. Um, and I think there's a there's a concern about his his size, so I think you then go and get a big, tall, wide forward who can also play centre forward. And I know people get attached to names. We're attached to Jesus already. It makes sense for us, to be honest. Um, but someone like a Cody Gakpo, I'm not saying it would be Cody Gakpo, because then I think you have everything you need in that front group. So if you got five, you got the Saka Martinelli. Enketia, Jesus, and Gakpo. You've got size, an aerial presence, and physical presence in Gakpo. You've got all-round ability in Enketia. You've got all-round ability and a bit of star quality and almost a step up on Enketia, also with some positional versatility in Jesus. And you've got what you've got in Sacra and Martinelli. And I think that's a really good good group in terms of age profile. I think it's a good group in terms of experience. I think that can help us out in Europe um, and the league. Um, that would be my offer for the group of five. I think there's six positions though. And I think the sixth that you're missing is the the youth prospect. I think that having two players for each position 
especially in a season that's going to consist of hopefully 65, 70 games. I think there is an opportunity to have a Marcelo Flores and Amari Hutchinson, who's already been training with the first team, to stay in that group of six. They're not going to be itching for minutes in the Premier League, but especially in the Europa League group stages, in Carabao Cup games, in early FA Cup games, you can bring them in and bed them in. So I don't think it's a group of five. I think it's a main group of five that are going to be the main options that will come in and out depending on the game that we're playing and the team that we're playing. But the sixth position is that, you know, bringing up the next Bakayo Saka, bringing up the next Gabby Martinelli into that group to get them ready to take that step forward. So I think it is a group of six rather than a group of five. I don't know how registration works. I'll be totally transparent. So I don't know whether they'd have to be registered in that 25, would they, to play? Uh, so the way registration works is for, um, they'd have to be registered for the Europa League to play, but for Carabao Cup, FA Cup and Premier League games, as long as they are under the age of 21, that they can play without being reg- registered. Right, okay. But with the math, with the maths that I've done around the squad, even mathematically, I think there's six positions there to get to 22 outfield players because 22 outfield players is a lot. Let's come back to that. Let's come back. I, I I am of the opinion that that's enough and it's in an attacking group. And I think if if players in a in of a certain quality in the in the youth setup are there, I think they can play in those kind of Carabao Cup games. Um, and and preseason may change everything. I mean, who knows? Things things happen in preseason. Who who, who can tell? Um, I'm not sure I'd register them. And do we register 25 or 26? Because that's another good... 25. You register 25. 20, so... Yeah, because 26-man squads is is um, it's international. Right. So, yeah, I think I think I wouldn't register them yet. But I'll, I'll let's leave that to the side. Let's say we've got five in our attacking just, group Just now. to say, 20, 22 outfield players is a lot. And everything that I've looked at in preparation for this the only place to fit in another player is a youth prospect. And to make that meaningful, I think it is in the forward line, but we will circle back to this. Let's circle back to it. I, I'm, I'm sticking with five for now. Let's circle. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying let's let's circle back to it. We're now up to 18 players. Now up to 18 players in the, in the whole squad out of 25. So, okay. We're now looking at, let's do the defensive group next. I think that might be a good place. We've got, four centre-backs and I'm happy with that Saliba, White, Gabriel and Holding I've said for a long time I think Holding is a is a great option because he gives you such a, an option in a different game state I don't want him to leave because I think he's a great person to have around as well we've got to think about that kind of stuff um, players for the hashtag culture um, I'm happy with that I do four. think we're looking at a new left, left-footed centre-back though and I think that we'll look like th- there are concrete rumours that we and Arteta does love a left footer on the left. So whilst we might keep Rob holding as the kind of bring on for the last fifteen minutes and and just clear the ball out, I can see a, a maybe a, an eighteen to twenty one year old coming in to almost mirror the development we have of Saliba on that right hand side on the left hand side. Yeah, very possibly. I've heard that too. Um, I wouldn't go for that just on a budget side, but if it's cheap. I'm not. I'm not against it. You know, I, I. I don't know what the club could be looking at. I think. I think I'd keep holding 
let's let's leave let's leave holding in for now. And I tell you what, I'll do. I'll put that new left centre back on the outskirts. And if and once we've got the numbers up to to close to twenty two, well, to, close to twenty five with all of them in, um, we'll come back to that. We need fullbacks. I think Tavares should go out on loan. I don't know how you feel about that. And I think Agreed. Cedric should go. I don't want him playing for the club anymore. I don't think he's good enough, basically. So I I would be looking at someone, and it, especially if numbers aren't an issue, and it sounds like they're not, I don't think we need an Aaron Hickey who can play both sides. I think we can get specialists on both sides. And I think someone like Zinchenko is a great shout because he can he can cover. That's a definite. Yeah. He can cover there. So I think someone like Zinchenko, so basically a backup left back, but probably someone like Zinchenko would be would be great to have there. Then I'm looking at a right back. There's possible solutions in Saliba and White covering for Tomiyasu. But I still want a different option there. Even, even though I, I do think Arteta basically wants that style of right back, keeping Cedric around to me indicates that he isn't not open to that. Um, so I think I'd like a backup right back. I don't know who that is, but I think I would like a backup right back. I hate backup. You know what I mean? A rota- rotation option for the for yeah. The no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I get you. I don't think I don't think that happens this summer. I think Arteta looks at the fact that Saliba can play there, that White can play there, that hopefully Tommy Asu is not going to have the same level of injury concern as as last season. There's going to be good opportunity for rotation. It's a good opportunity to get Saliba minutes both in the Premier League and in the Europa League at right back if that's what we want to do. Uh, I think. I do think right back will be a job for next summer rather than this summer, as much as it pains me to say. Because whereas losing Kieran Tierney, we don't have analogues for that and a left back is vital. If we lost Tommy Asu and played Saliba or White out of right back, I think we could make a decent go of it. I don't think the drop-off would be as severe. I think Cedric stays around for the for the season as third choice, as much as it makes me want to vomit. But this is our dream group. Oh, our dream group. Yeah, we buy a new right back. Yeah, I agree. I think Cedric will stay. I agree with that. But I think making this group up as, and and dream, you know, kind of realistically, obviously dream would be (laughs) Marquinhos comes in. but, But yeah, I think... I think I do want that. And then we've got an basically two players for every position. We've got Saliba White, Gabriel and Holding for the cent- uh, central defenders and then Tommy Asutini and then two rotation options on the exterior, which brings us to eight. So we're at 21 for that. Um, midfield, we've got Erdegaard, Partey, Elneny, Sambi. We put Smithrow in there as an interior. I think Granit Xhaka stays. I don't think he goes this summer. But this is the dream version. Do you want him to stay? Not long term, but I think it dep- it de- it depends what we want to do, and we have to be, you know, I, I, and whether Granite Xhaka goes or not, I think that the positional whole of Granite Xhaka still stays. Yes, agree, agree, agree. There, there's a basically a left sided so, eight that has to that comes in. There's, I think, we'll end up with two left sided eights, two right sided eights, and I like like. If he wants 22 outfield players, 
I think will end like it's there's so it's honestly there's that's that's a lot of players mm. and I think that's basically looking at having two players in every position and then two or three youth options so I think even if Granit Xhaka leaves this dream group the 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 hole that he leaves it will be a replacement job rather than a he just flitters away into the distance it'll be t- yeah two I think two left-sided eights basically I think it'll be Xhaka plus one but in the dream scenario maybe Xhaka goes but basically space for two left-sided eights. So that's plus two, essentially. And then I think... I and then th- Smith-Rowe is the other right-sided Yes. Eight. So we've Ish. got essentially two players for a position, plus Elneny who can flit around and play any of those. Obviously, preferably not, but you know, probably the, the deep-line midfielder if possible. And I think Sambi will push further forward. I think he'll start playing left eight. He played there on the last game of the season. I then think... Patino might be registered. And I would like to see that. I don't think he will this summer. I think he'll go out on loan. But for our our dream scenario, what do you think? I mean, obviously the dream scenario is to have him become a baller and good enough to play one of the eight, but he's not played enough senior football for us to even make an opinion on it yet. So... It's hard to put somebody in a, in a dream 11 who, you know, all I know about their real potential ability is their their star rating on football manager. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, no, I get you. It's not like yep. we've seen reams and reams of the boy play football. So this is what I mean. It's, it's a really difficult conversation to have because are we discussing what we want to go into next season with or are we discussing what we want the perfect group to be? Because the perfect group might not end up being Saliba because Saliba could come back next season and absolutely fucking bomb. And then we get rid of him. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's as far as we know right now. And I think, you know, as in the, the, the dream yeah. situation from realistically from where we are right now and going into the, the new season, Saliba would be in that group for me and registered. So I think, I think I, I think I'd register Patino because I don't think we're going to sign three midfielders I just don't so I think we're. I think I don't think we're I think we're going to sign one I think yeah well I think we're going to uh, one so we've got seven midfielders at that point we've got Erdegaard Partey Elneny Sambi Smithrow a left-sided eight who's probably going to be Xhaka and if not we'll replace them plus a new left-sided eight I think it'll be Xhaka and Tielemans yeah so do next I next season and then the season after hopefully hopefully it'll be Patino and Tielemans or an, a newcomer do you know what I mean yeah so then so then from there I don't see how we would I don't think it's it's realistic let's say to, that, to say that we'd sign we'd keep Xhaka plus Tielemans and sign one more having already re-signed Elneny so I think I think Patino goes in that group I think he's registered I don't think Patino gets registered next season I really don't well let, let, I think let's he goes this, out on loan let's do this then but again again I'm saying our 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 dream scenario. So we may we may take him out. So we've now got twenty four. So we took Patino out. We've got space for two more. I think eight is too many. Okay, eight is too many central midfielders. I okay. think seven is is more because you're talking about eight being nearly three options in every position. I don't I don't see how you keep that yeah. equitable and keep keep those players happy. I think you have two players who can play left sided eight, two players that can play right sided eight two players that can play six and then you have a youth prospect. So that's then seven in the midfield and 23. And I think Elneny, Elneny leaving 
yeah, Elneny leaving opens the door for Patino to be that youth seventh option next season, which is why I think he'll go out on loan this season. Yeah. Space for two. We've circled back to registering one of the young players. Or do we get another player in? And is that realistic? Obviously, you know, dream, dream, we'd have um, I think, up. well, we've got two. I think one of them will be the left-footed centre-back because there is concrete talks of a left-footed centre-back and we'll go in with five centre-backs this season. And you think hold- and moving forward you think as we'll well. keep holding? Yeah, because holding isn't anything more than just a secret weapon, extra a final 10 minutes yeah. option. Okay. And I think that maybe, maybe in a few seasons... Holding will do this. Holding's position in the squad, the way I've kind of worked this out in my head, is the same as El Nenny's in the sense of right now it's being done by what you would call like almost a seasoned professional, somebody in the latter stages of their careers, 26, 27, 28, whatever, as that fifth choice centre back. And then Sam, uh, and then El Nenny as that third choice in every position. Eventually, once the options around them become much, much better those squad positions will be taken up by a youth prospect. And that's why I think there's going to be a youth prospect at the back, a youth prospect in the midfield and a youth prospect up front. We'll have 18, uh, no, sorry, 19, like top quality professional players who we're going to consistently have into having consideration and rotation for every game available. And then I think our fifth choice centre-back probably the season after next might become Omar Rekic, you know, a really young prospect, you know, in the Tunisian national setup. I think Patino will become that, that seventh central midfielder who will pick up minutes at six, pick up minutes at eight. And then I think there's one up front. Yeah. But for for, the, for this season, that's then nine in the defensive group. Yeah. I can, I can see that. I can see that. I think then we add one to the attacking group and it might be a Marquinhos. I don't think it's realistic mm-hmm. to say that we'll sign two Enketia plus three, if that makes sense. As in more than Oh god no. Than um Marquinhos. Enketia Marquinhos plus two I think is realistic and and would be great. Um so maybe Marquinhos I think that do you know what that might be? That might be the preseason player. That might be the Hutchinson, the Flores, yeah. whoever basically comes through in preseason might, might get registered. Yeah. Okay, that brings us. It also it also might come down to, um, in the way. Sorry to butt in, but in the way that we've done with Saliba, we might register a non-English player in that forward line for the sake of creating them as homegrown. Yeah. 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 That's always something that we have to consider. Brings us to 25. The three goalkeepers, we've got nine in the defensive group. We we would be, again, ideal but realistic. A backup left back, a rotation option at full back, at right back, and the new left centre back, along with Saliba, White, Gabriel, Tomiassi, Tini and Holding. A midfield seven. Erdogan, Partey, Elneny, Sambi, Smith-Rowe. If Shaka goes, a new left-sided day and a left-sided day. Mm-hmm. And an attacking six of Saka, Martinelli, and Katia, a new centre forward like Jesus or someone, and a tall wide forward of 
someone like a Cody Gakpo, but ideally to add all those qualities that we kind of out- outlined and then the preseason player. I'd probably go for it... someone older than Gakpo if possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the preseason player, whether that's Hutchinson or Marquinhos or could be anyone. That that gets us to 25. Yeah. Happy? Do you see what I mean? It's it's shitloads of people. It's it is a, a lot, lot of players. And, and, if, and, and actually that shocked me that we have 13 players who we know are staying next season. You know, there's some of them probably will, like the Jackers and the um, the Cedrics, but 13 that we know for sure are staying. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's... There's a lot of work to be done, and I think that there's, outfield, you know, outfield. going off of... Yeah, and going off of what we're looking at, I think we're looking at, what, one, two, three, four, five, six seven incoming spaces like it's big work it's big big work and that's you know and i don't think we're going to do all that this summer which is why i think a cedric will stay for one more season because also well no it's we more it's really... more incomes but it's nine it's nine if we got is it nine yeah because we've got six, yeah. 16 the goalkeeper oh, yeah, group I'm, plus I'm, the 13 I'm, that we know yeah and then nine that's a it's crazy there's lots of it's and, and that's why I think there will always be a youth there's all there's always going to be a youth prospect in each group mm. yeah I get you I think it's the only way you can make that work otherwise people are going to be itching for minutes it's crazy yeah I'll tell you what mate I will I'll save that as a pdf and I'll send it to what is it Mikel at arsenal.com I'm presuming um I'll cc you in I've got it written out here for you mate oh great perfect Okay, so yeah, send that on to me and then we'll send it across to Mikhail. You know, Connor Connor Hum gave me his number, so I could I could text it to him. Odds on. Odds on? On the pod? Yeah, <laughs> on the pod. <laughs> I'm too scared. Well, um, window previewed, mate. We know what we need. We know what we want. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. Final uh, question. Go on. Pick four of pick four positions to sign a player in this summer. Out of what we've discussed, pick four. Centre forward, centre mid, left back, and wide player. You? I'd agree. Yeah, that's that's carbon copy. Right. I think we need a centre forward, we need a tall wide forward, we need a centre mid, and we need a new left back. So much to do, and plus contracts. Uh, you know, Saka and Martinelli hopefully tied down on a new deal. I, depending on how Saliba does, that might be a, a new deal in the works for him. Um, yeah, so much to do, and so I think even just much time to fucking get on with it. <laughs> Side some players. Side some fucking players. Do you know what we should play? That video, that guy goes, Bogovic, Micho, Williams, Fellaini. Get your money out, buddy. Williams, Fellaini, Bogovic, Micho. Get your money out, buddy. People say, who should we, who should wing a boy? I tell you. God. <laughs> Micho. <laughs> Ashley Williams, Michu. what a throwback. Fucking hell. You never know, mate. It's, it's a long summer. Well, Brad, it's a pleasure as always. We've just got time. For a little bit of Arsenal trivia. The theme last week was final games, well, theme two weeks ago now at this point, 
was final games of Arsenal seasons. And I asked you to name as many of the squad as you can from the 2-0 win against Norwich at Carrow Road on the final day of the 2013-14 season. And I said you had to name seven players of that squad from the the final day of the 13-14 season. Um, Wojciech, it's not start, it's the squad, isn't it? The squad. All right, Wojciech Szczesny and David Espina. Is that just one? Okay. Um, Just one. I'm going to go... Kashelny, Mertesacker. There was no Mertesacker. I'm going to go... There wasn't there. Oh, shit. There was no Mertesacker. I'm going to go Giroud. Giroud. Walcott. No, Walcott. Santi Cazorla. Santi Cazorla. Nope, no Santi Cazorla. No, because I think we signed him that summer, didn't we? Uh, Ramsey? Jesus. No, we signed him the year before. Uh, Ramsey, yep. Got four. uh, Not Fellaini, Flamini. (laughs) Yep, Flamini's there. He's on the bench. Um, Two more. Jack Wilshire. Wilshire's there. One more. Bakary Sanya. Bakary Sanya. That's that's seven. Do you know who you also could have had? Who? I'm so happy. So proud of my players. I could have had Mikel. Could have had Mikel. That terrible impression of him. Uh, Brad, window previewed. Pleasure as always. Thanks so much for listening for us. Uh, for us. Thanks for listening for us. We'll pay you later for the for the for the for the for the listening that you did for us. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. Um, plenty more podcasts to come. Plenty more transfer talk and videos on the YouTube channel and all sorts of fun. Uh, thanks for listening. Keep a different knock, and we'll see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and BuyMeACoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, TheDifferentKnock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.